Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, this is episode 34, and we're going to talk about cartridge pens, or vaporizer pens, or e-pen with cannabis in it, whatever you want to think of it as. We're going to discuss it. But first, stoner moments. Uh, first, I wanted to say that in the last episode, it was just kind of a, a big mix of different stuff, but I did talk about driving and smoking. And I wanted to say that I have found enough relief in that kind of uh, routine that I do find I'm naturally a a more relaxed driver. I don't know if that's also in part just because I'm getting older, um, but no matter how successful I be, it doesn't stop the fact that driving is... It's just a volatile situation sometimes, and I am trying to not just get high and drive, but to actively change the behavior. I just wanted to throw that out there because I felt a little um, uh, self-conscious about it when I was editing, and uh, so I wanted to, to make mention, but it's not an easy transition by any means, and being stoned really gives me the advantage. Um, driving home from the secret cup, I think I mentioned it when I, I was talking about the episode. I I did nothing but take dabs for two hours and I was an amazingly calm driver. I was really medicated and it's the only time in my life I actually drive in the right hand lane. Uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, go ahead guys. See you later. I'm doing 64. That never happens. All right. Um, there's a, a, a CSI episode that I actually really like to refer to as a great example of how I feel about the situation. Uh, I say CSI, not CSI fill in the city because it's the original one. Obviously I didn't need to clarify it. I don't remember what episode it is, but there are these monks in it. And there's this one monk in particular, and he and Grissom are talking, and he was discussing his anger when he drives and and the road rage that he experiences. And Grissom asked him how he was able to overcome his, his road rage. And the monk says, I don't drive anymore. And I can't do that. So I got to smoke some weed, all right? Ain't nobody got time for that, except for monks. I mean, obviously. Um, But yeah, okay. Moving on to another thing. I wanted to say that I'm doing much better this week. I don't know if you could tell by the sound of my voice, but uh, certainly getting more energy and uh, it's still been a rough week, but I'm definitely picking it up and moving in a good direction. Thanks for asking, guys. And I think that concludes our stoner moments. One thing that I did want to say before I move into cartridge pens is a trick that I just kind of started doing with the Soothing Sues. And if you're not familiar with Soothing Sues, please check out that episode. Soothing Sues is a cannabis-infused coconut oil that is made by a friend of mine my first official sponsor, though this is not paid content at all. If you can't get Soothing Sue's or would prefer to make your own, you can absolutely cold press your own coconut oil. And uh, I would suggest using Bad Kitty Smiles recipe for that, which you can find at Bad Cat's Canna Farm. And that's cat with a K. 
Though I'll have a link on the website too under this blog heading, uh, thespliffpodcast.com, two Fs, two Ts, no D. And uh, yeah, you can find lots of good stuff there. But moving on, uh, the Soothing Sues. It's been such an amazing anti-inflammatory in other areas that uh, I was wondering if it would be any good for my nasal issues. I have uh, a nasal defect from when I was younger. Uh, I was like 13, 14, something like that. And I had really strict parents growing up. I, you know, wasn't the, the best situation. But like my bedtime was at eight. And this doesn't fall under like being one of the hardships that I've ever had to endure in my life by by any means. But there's no way a 14-year-old me was going to be in bed trying to sleep at 8 p.m. on any given night. And so what would usually happen was my door was just closed enough that uh, I could usually see if someone was coming before they came and we would usually sleep to music. So I'd be dancing in the dark. And one night I uh, I tripped over my own feet and fell headfirst into my very heavy oak headboard and kind of knocked my nose a little loose. And ever since then, I've always had some sinus swelling on the right hand side and it really affects my exercise. Uh, my allergies get really bad and and I just I don't breathe properly out of the right hand side. So it was like, well, Coconut oil can't be that bad up the nose for you, right? I mean, I'm like, it's pretty. And then Soothing Suze is a really nice coconut oil, which I've already stated. And so I rolled a, uh, a Q-tip. Uh, it was a Q-tip, but if you wanted to say a cotton swab instead, you could go ahead and say that. And I, I rolled it up with some Soothing Suze, and I applied it to the inside of my nose. And there was definitely some tearing going on, and there was definitely some nasal irritation going on with it. Uh, but after I eventually got used to it, I noticed that my nasal passages were definitely less swollen. Now, when my nasal passages start to reduce in their swelling, sometimes I get some really bad ear pain from it too. It's like the swelling just doesn't transfer all the way and it seems to put extra pressure in my ears or it just causes extra swelling in my ears. I don't know what the deal is, but I always get pressure in my ears. So I know that coconut oil is safe behind the ears uh, or th in the ears, I should say, because I've, I've used that before and I've looked up people who, who use it routinely for ear infections and things like that. So I did the same thing with the cotton swab and got a little extra in there and just tilt my head and kind of keep it there so it can run down. And that seemed to really attack the swelling that was in my ears too. And I did that for a few days in a row. And now I don't, I haven't needed to do it. I can totally breathe really freely through my right nostril at this moment in time. It might change. But I'm really excited, and I swear it even seemed to help my dark circles under my eyes. I know that seems crazy, but I swear to God, I just noticed less dark circles. That might be a hormonal thing. It might not be correlated to this at all, but I'm still going to try it and keep track of that for you, ladies and gentlemen, all right? Mm-hmm. Genetic dark circles. <sighs> 
are such a pain in the ass. Like if I stay up all night crying, I actually look younger the next morning with with the puffy eyes because I don't have the dark circles. I look 10 years younger. I'm like, damn, I had a really hard night. I look fucking amazing this morning. Kind of bittersweet. All right. So I wanted to share that with you guys. If you deal with sinus issues, um, give that a shot. Maybe it'll help you as much as it's helped me. Sticking the Q-tip up your nose certainly got easier too. The the tearing and, and the irritation, it, it didn't seem to bother me as much. It was like learning to pluck my eyebrows. You just got to push through that pain at first. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's move on. All right. So cartridge pens. Now I want to start out by saying this episode is, uh, inspired by a listener question. And I want to give a shout out to Jessica. Hey girl, thank you so much for the email and for sharing your story with me. Uh, Jessica came upon the podcast in an effort to learn more about cannabis Um, she was pretty staunchly against it, it seemed, even though she had some experience in her youth and, uh, and through all of this magic, she, she shared with me a beautiful love story of her and weed and her husband. And I'm so happy that, uh, she, she reached out and and did that and shared with me. I'm so happy that she was able to be open-minded enough to really go out and research cannabis on her own. And if that's you too, just just trying to learn more, whether you are a user or a non-user, kudos to you guys. And uh, yeah, I just, it warms my heart so much to know that I could be any little tiny part of making somebody else's life a little bit better with weed yes all right feel good feel good and as she's feeling good too because she's being able to start to deal with and manage her anxiety and feel confident and good about the decisions that she's making and that goes a really long way into being able to deal and manage with that anxiety so kudos to you jessica shout out to the cuz too who helped in this whole scenario as well want to do uh, i didn't get a name on the cuz but what's that cuz Okay, but Jessica did have some questions. She's starting to learn how to do some stuff, and she's managing her anxiety with some wonderful decisions, some very euphoria-inducing sativas, which are great options for people who don't want to fall asleep, but don't want to get a raciness from a sativa that might be more like a jack hair or a diesel that gets you your mind really going. She uh, she mentioned some gelato, a.k.a. Larry Bird, according to Leafly. She mentioned some white buffalo, which is a strain I've been really trying to try. A friend of mine told me about it, and I know that the higher path carries it. I just haven't gotten down there yet. And then uh, passion fruit, which is uh, another hybrid. The white buffalo is more of a sativa or sativa dominant. And these are all wonderful options, but she's looking to change her game up a bit and get something more nighttime associated to help her sleep. So she's got a couple of options. She can move into a straight indica and, and that'll definitely help, but different indicas can do different things. 
So I would suggest to her to see which of those three strains work the best for her anxiety and and check out the, the parentage and see what might be the next best option for her. Now, this isn't an absolutely guaranteed to work kind of way because, again, different batches, different strains, different smells, but it would be the next best course I would suggest. So the gelato, aka Larry Bird, is a cookie parentage and is known for a really sweet smell. So moving into something like a cotton candy kush as an indica option would be really good. Anything with a really sweet smell to it. Uh, Girl Scout cookies could be an option, but sometimes it can be a little too mind racy. So sticking with uh, either that sweet smell when you move into an indica or that cookie parentage are pretty good options if gelato is your favorite anxiety reducing formula. If the white buffalo was your favorite, that one is a blackberry Romulan Bay 11 mix. I love Bay 11. Oh, it's a really heavy hitting euphoria inducing sativa. It's great for depression. It's great for anxiety, but uh, it's not always great for sleep. However, the blackberry and the Romulan can be really good indica sometimes. The Romulan can go back and forth. Blackberry can go a little back and forth. But really, really interesting indica options that you can play off of from what is known as a sativa strain, that white buffalo. And then I would say for the passion fruit, I have no experience with that one. I've never even heard of it. Apparently, it's a grapefruit Burma hybrid. I have no experience with Burmas. But for grapefruits, those can really go either way. They can be very racy sativas, or they can be very relaxed sativas, uh, leaning on indicas for me. So that one's going to be a little bit trickier to play with, um, but could be really interesting options for you too, if that citrus passion fruity was the best for you in bringing on what you want the most. So I hope that helps you, Jessica, in being able to pick another strain. Um, When you choose a dispensary, do your research and don't be afraid to ask the bud tenders questions the same way that you're going to ask a pharmacist questions, the same way that you should feel confident about asking anybody questions, uh, a car dealer or uh, your teacher, uh, anybody. Feel free to ask questions. It never hurts to ask. That was one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got to. The worst they can say is no. That's the worst that they can say, right? Okay. Uh, and, and and if you're asking questions and your bud tender isn't giving you satisfying replies, you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to buy a goddamn thing. You can turn around and walk right back out. All right? And start again. There's nothing wrong with that. There is no pressure here. You are in control. You are the patient. And you get to pick your medicine and do your research. Well, I know some of you are here to do research, so let's begin talking about some cartridges. What to know. Now, I will start this by saying I am absolutely completely biased on this subject. Cartridges are not my preferred method of medicating on a regular basis or even an occasional basis at this point in my life. 
though I have had many cartridges and I have had several different pens and I 100% stand by the, uh, the right to have options and, and for people to do what's best for their needs. So I'm 100% behind people making their own damn decisions, living your own life. What you need to know though, whether you're buying Sativa or Indica or uh, PG or not PG, and we'll get to all that too, is that you are buying these cartridges on a per milligram basis. That's what your medicine is. So you're buying a cartridge, whether it says a half a gram or a full gram, that's, uh, that's quantity, but that's not necessarily indicative of your actual medicine. The medicine that you are buying is all going to be in milligrams. So you can find half grams that have 350 milligrams of THC. You can find half gram cartridges that have 400 milligrams of THC. You can find half gram cartridges that have 250 milligrams of THC, and they can all be priced the same. So you might need to be doing a little bit of math in your head in order to be finding the best bang for your buck if that is a necessity to your budget. It's also something to remember if you are used to just going and buying them a gram at a time and you wonder why some don't get you as stoned as others, why you go through them faster. Uh, There are other things that that can factor into that, but uh, if you are buying, if you're used to buying a 400 milligram cartridge, and then because you want to switch it up, you end up getting a 250 milligram cartridge for completely different reasons and don't notice that, you're going to go through that 250 milligram faster just because it isn't giving you as consistent a dosage of medication as that 400 milligram was. You're probably going to start to supplement with extra puffs. This is also one of the first issues that I have with buying cartridges is that if I'm going to go on a milligram per milligram basis, if I'm going to spend $45 on a gram cartridge that only has 400 milligrams of THC in it, or I can spend the same amount of money on a gram of shatter that is tested at 70%, aka 700 milligrams of THCA, I'm going to go for that shatter because it's a better bang for my buck. If you're spending $60 on a full gram cartridge that might be higher quality, maybe it's a 600 milligram cartridge. Is that on the same level as a $60 eighth that has tested out at 20%? Uh, We're going to assume that the majority of that is going to be in THCA. So at three and a half grams, you're looking at 700 milligrams. Uh, You might blow through one or the other faster. You might not be able to smoke flour where you're going or for your particular needs. Um, So it might not be an issue for you. But some people, when they're looking for real, real deals on medicine, they need that kind of math there. So uh, that's one of the things that I like to think about. You know, what you don't pay for in medicine, you pay for in processing when it comes to the cartridges. You pay for the convenience. That's not an option for everyone. It's a little bit of a luxury. Now, one of the ways that this actually works really well for a lot of patients is that they uh, they get a, a consistent dose out of their cartridge. They find a, a company that they like. 
they find a strain or a cartridge name that they like, and they, they get a regular consistent hit with each puff. And some people really need that. Now, I think it's usually three milligrams per puff that you're getting out of the cartridges. That's me really just trying to aggregate facts and numbers that have been in my head from things I've seen around the internet. So I just kind of pulled it out of my ass, so to speak. And uh, I have a little issue with that claim because I don't actually know if it's actually THC that's vaporizing. And maybe I should speak about that in, in a different time. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to save that towards a little later. We're just going to go on and, and talk more basics about the cartridges. Okay, so for cartridges, first off, you're buying on a per milligram basis. The next thing to know is that you have a couple options of styles. You have a very standard 510 threading option. Those are the ones that look like the little e-cigarettes or the uh, tablet stylus uh, options that you can buy on most end caps and, and staples and things like that. Um, the batteries themselves are that little stylus bit, and they usually go from $15 to $25. At $25, they better last, but they usually don't. Uh, they're usually just bulk made in China and then shipped in, and it's kind of best to think of them as semi-disposable. Then you have the adjustable voltage batteries. These are heavier, clunkier, as the name implies, tend to come with adjustable voltage, and they take a much heavier cartridge. Usually the honey vape cartridges are going to be synonymous with adjustable voltage batteries, and we'll discuss why in a little bit. Then I, I would uh, be behooven to not mention dripper cartridges or syringes as an option, but those are usually for refills. Uh, I know that Shaman calls them bulbs. They have the refill bulbs sometimes, but a lot of places have concentrates that you can get in the dripper cartridges or push syringes. Sometimes you get edible concentrate in syringes, and that's a different thing entirely. You do not want to fill up your cartridges with that at all. And even with some of the dripper cartridges, a lot of time the cartridges that you are buying that can be refillable aren't going to be refillable with that kind of material. So if the electronic vaporizer cigarette style is what you're going for, dripper cartridges probably aren't going to be in your repertoire. But there are two different kinds of cartridges. There are disposable and there are refillable. So if you want options like that, if it really doesn't matter to you, you uh, you just need something that you can use and throw away because you're never going to be needing it again. You just want to have a couple puffs on vacation uh, or for the weekend, then a disposable is a great option for you. If you want something that you can use routinely, then you can get a refillable cartridge, though sometimes they begin to leak. Uh, chances are you're still going to have to replace the battery and you don't want to be mixing strains a lot of times because then you're mixing effects and it, it, it can not be the best option for all people. 
The next thing that is really important to remember when it comes to cartridges is that you have the non-thinned out or non-diluted cartridges, and then you have diluted cartridges. And what diluted cartridges are diluted with is either PG or PEG. That's a propylene glycol or polyethylene glycol. Oh my God, I hope I remember that correctly. Now, the diluted versions are great because they're much easier to hit. The non-diluted versions, like the honey sticks or the honey vapes, you have to uh, kind of warm up first. Uh, those are the ones that are CO2. Well, they're actually all CO2 processed, generally speaking. Though live resin options are coming out, shatter cartridges, uh, are, are making their way into the, the mainstream and onto the shelves of dispensaries to compete with the solventless activated cartridges. Um, and honestly, I want to say that live resin and shatter cartridges will tend to not be diluted, but I have absolutely nothing to base that on other than hope and dreams that they wouldn't ruin good material like that. Um, PG and PEG can certainly affect the taste of your medicine. The CO2 process, the activating process can affect the taste of your medicine. And, and that's where they're reintroducing terpenes again. So you have a very processed product that you are using. To me, it's much more processed with the CO2 than it is when you actually use the BHO or the tains. Um, even though they are volatile solvents, when it's done correctly, it's, uh, it's very safe. I mean, I, I find no harm from using butane-made shatter, and certainly no more harm than I did from using a butane lighter as a cigarette smoker or as a pot smoker before I started using the hemp wick. Using a butane lighter, I find immediate health effects to my throat and lungs. Whereas when I get cleanly processed shatter, I don't have that, but we're not here talking about your fucking needs, Bo. We are here to talk about cartridges. Okay, getting back on topic. Now, the PG and the PEG have pretty controversial studies about them that show some health risk. They are regular ingredients in a lot of the foodstuffs that we eat. A lot of processed foodstuffs have PG and PEG in them, and they are the basis for a lot of the electronic cigarettes that are causing a lot of hullabaloo legislatively and culturally. So, they can easily mix in to an e-cigarette crowd if this is one of the reasons why you want to use cartridges, for sure. But the studies that are, are being done, uh, PG is, is caused a lot of issues. PEG has been shown more favorably. Uh, when I talked to Steve, the CFO at Open Vape, he told me that there were some studies done uh, about infants and, and, and things like that. He hasn't gotten me any of those studies, though. I have tried to hit him back. And uh, 
it's just echoes. There's nothing, there's nothing coming back. So, um, I looked some stuff up on my own and I did find one study that that had some promising views about PEG as an asthma, uh, medicine solvent, because it seemed that the PEG actually helped retain medicine against the lung tissue for a longer duration. Now that to me actually presents some issues. Um, I don't want my cannabis to stick to my lung tissue necessarily, unless I'm using it for asthma. I want it in my bloodstream. So it also maybe explains why when I hit cartridges, I always end up with a coughing fit a couple hours later, like my lungs can breathe again. That's just me. That's not your experience necessarily. All right. But the PG versus PEG is a thing. It is not well studied. The studies that a lot of people are talking about are food studies where you eat it, not where you smoke it. And this is different. You know, you are vaporizing a sugar alcohol to go with this. Now, and that brings me to another thing that I wanted to talk about beforehand that I'm going to come back to, which is whether or not you're truly vaporizing THC with this or if the heat processing is actually decarboxylating the THC into CBN. And if that's the case, which I suspect it is because I don't care for them at all, then getting the live resin and shatter cartridges with the THCA versus the THC could be a really important differentiation for some patients who uh, prefer a more whole plant option. Now, that's still probably going to be run with a BHO or a, a pentane or a hexane, something like that. So you want to get it from a legit source. Now, the problem with these is that they're fucking expensive. They are so fucking expensive, it's ridiculous. So I've never bought one. I couldn't tell you how well it works or not, quite frankly. Uh, but since we're on the subject of cannabinoids, THCA versus THC, I do want to mention that CBD is another available popular cannabinoid option in the cartridge pens that you can get. Again, I'm not sure if we're really vaping CBD or if maybe it is degrading into some apparently unknown cannabinoid. I haven't been able to find any information on what CBD degrades into, um, but it can still provide some really good anxiety calming relief. I have used CBD pens uh, earlier, several years ago when I was flying. I definitely bought a disposable CBD pen to use in the airport so that I didn't have to drink as much, and I found it very helpful, though the edibles work best for me now. But it's not just about the cannabinoids that are in these cartridges. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that terpenes are incredibly important to your overall experience. And the terpenes are, again, going to differentiate significantly when you're getting a shatter cartridge versus a CO2 cartridge, because the CO2 will have terpenes reintroduced into it 
whereas the shatter cartridge is going to have terpenes that are naturally bonded with those cannabinoids already. That bond was never broken. And I, I tend to find that that's an essential part of my medicine routine. Uh, there's another terpene out there that isn't really necessarily a terpene that are food grade flavors. When you come across these cartridges that say strawberry shortcake, banana bread, uh, things like that, those are generally food grade flavors and they aren't genuine cannabis strains. So you're not going to get genuine cannabis effects. They will be packed with THC because they're CO2. They are activated. But the flavors that you get is more of like the e-cigarette, e-juice type of flavor. It's not going to give you a whole lot of valuable direction in your medicine necessarily. Another issue with those food-grade flavors is... More scary studies have been done uh, where they show what is known as popcorn lung uh, being a side effect of, I forget, is it diaxalin? Uh, I have no idea if that's how it's actually pronounced or said or even close to what the actual chemical is, but it's found in an alarming number of food-grade flavors. And I'm not sure that there's any good way to account for that in the cartridges with a lot of the companies that are out there. So if it sounds like dessert and your bud tender can't verify that that is a cannabis strain, the best way to verify that would to actually be look at their other options. If they have things like Kush, OG, Poison, things that wouldn't be named in dessert. And then they also have like a key lime pie. Then it's safe to say that those are at least refined terpenes that have been added back in and not those food-grade flavors because you don't want popcorn lung. It's called popcorn lung because uh, workers at a popcorn plant started to develop scars in their lungs against the lung tissue. And doctors were able to, to or scientists or whoever it was, uh, scientists or doctors too, uh, they were able to trace it back to the flavoring that was being used, that was getting in the air, and the people who were inhaling it were developing the scar tissue. Currently, the CDC is studying a similar case with coffee producers. So this is obviously something that we're not really well understanding, but seems to significantly impact our food industry and uh, and is not my go-to option. So again, if you can afford the higher-end shatter cartridges or the live resin cartridges, go that route. If uh, you need something that isn't that expensive, and I fucking hear that, then check to see if it's diluted or non-diluted based on your own needs. And my next suggestion is to look for the strain name. You don't want to get necessarily indica, sativa, hybrid. You want a strain name to identify with. That's going to give you a taste profile that you can carry on into uh, other, other medicinal exploration. And it's going to give you a better indication of where that exploration will end up. Not everybody's necessarily going to need 
to get just a strain. Some people are like, it's fucking weed. Give it to me. I'll smoke it. And that's fine. But when you get that indica sativa hybrid, it's almost always going to be batch material, usually trim, tends to be darker in color. And that's another thing that you want to be looking for in the quality of your cartridges. In this area, it really does tend to be lighter is better. And not just necessarily lighter yellow, because that light amber, mm, that's beautiful right there for some good cannabis cartridge. And it wants to be clear. You want it to be rather see-through. If it's dark and murky, it's not going to taste as good. It's going to it's gonna taste more planty. Some people don't mind. Uh, some people actually prefer that because then they're reminded that they're smoking weed. Um, but that's not my jam. So I like a nice see-through cartridge. I go for the ambers myself. Uh, but the the more golden colors are also really high quality options for the most part. Now, because I don't have a whole lot of experience with the cartridges, I don't have a whole lot of names to throw out there. Of course, Open Vape is a huge one, not one I'd recommend at all. Open Vape do not make their own cartridges in the sense that they provide the cannabis material themselves. They contract out with growers. They provide the marketing, they provide the cartridges, and they provide the process training. But it is the people who, with whom they contract that actually do the filling of the cartridges and the selling of the cartridges and the CSR of the cartridges. So if you've had problems with your open vape cartridges and you can't get any good CSR out of it, you have to deal with the company that made it because Open Vape doesn't replace cannabis because they don't grow any cannabis. But apparently that's one of the things that's going to help them buy the naming rights for Mile High Stadium. Yeah, that was interesting to hear about. Now, Open Vape isn't really available in California so much. That's more of a Colorado thing. I think Washington. Um, in California, it's really more Oasis. Oasis is our Open equivalent. And uh, I don't recommend them either. Mm, nope. Moxie has a great reputation. Uh, Curvana has a great reputation. They seem pretty legit. I have not been able to uh, purchase uh, either through Opportunity or through uh, my bank accountability, uh, either one of those options. But through the reviews that I've read and other friends' uh, experiences, they seem pretty legit. I have tried ones that or more like bang, uh, bang being an old school term for cannabis, specifically a cannabis mixture with a bunch of other things, uh, more of a, a sacramental drink. Um, it's a good moderate price point where you can get strain specific, but it is diluted. So you got that there. And uh, I tried... I was really excited. I'm like, I can afford it. It's strain specific. It was a South African strain, but I just could not get past the shitty taste and, and the coughing fits a few hours later. So I gave it away. Uh, you know, but because in the end, it all ties down to, you know, what's safe 
if uh, if dabbing doesn't feel safe to you, especially because of the quality of the material or it just doesn't work with you and the cartridge seems safe and that relieves your anxiety, go for that. Uh, this is about what you feel safe to do and the more you feel safe, the better experience you're going to have out of it, period. And when it comes down to it, whether you are vaporizing out of a cartridge, out of a volcano, out of a dab rig, it, different heating apparatus can, can vary the results of the same material significantly. And those, again, all vary greatly in the way that we respond to them personally. So I just want you to know your option may not be my option, but I fully support it. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up the cartridge episode. If you have any more questions or if uh, you want to tell me your own fantastic cannabis love story, it doesn't have to be a cannabis love story. It can be a cannabis experience, a stoner adventure, whatever you want to discuss, hit me up, thespliffpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me at thespliffpodcast.com all over there. Leave me comments on the blog. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, still haven't logged on to Mass Roots, though I did check out that app, Hi There, that I heard about on the Cannabis show. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm just not millennial enough to, to pick it up yet. I have too many goddamn social media apps as it is. <sighs> oh, well. Let's move on. I'm going to... I've been kind of hitting this bowl all throughout and just pausing it. Uh, sometimes I like to go back in and edit in the uh, the little lighter signals so that you know when I was token. That's what that usually means. Or I use it to open up the safety meeting, which, hey, it's time to safety. Hanging out with Fillmore today, me and uh, Fillmore Bowles. He's nice and desk-sized. Heisenberg, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Can't always keep him around. He's a he's too big. He gets in the way. He's a little cumbersome. Uh, I've been dabbing a lot on some of that nectar uh, fantasticness that I discovered at the Cannabis Cup. I was able to uh, to hook up a couple more options. I got some royal sugar this time instead of the royal jelly like I got last time. And I got some of their crumble. Switch it up. Try it all out. And I have to say, uh, the sugar is so interesting. It doesn't have as much of a terpene oil slick as the royal jelly does, but it is just like sugar. It is like playing with itty bitty little trichomes all the time. I love it. And, uh, and it's got a really good taste. It's another low temp material, not as low temp as the royal jelly would be, but... Uh, it definitely likes a lower temperature. I like to mix it with some other things. Just throw it on a couple other things and it gives me a nice little pop. It's a prime diesel strain mix. 
Uh, Prime is an Indica, Optimus Prime, and then the Diesel would be the Sativa. But this one definitely leans towards the Prime. It's It's a really mellow mix and reminds me of of like a blue dream with less sativa i'm trying to think of a good uh, more indica dominant hybrid but i can't think of one that's as mellow and and interesting as this the crumble that i got is a goji headband mix and i probably say goji wrong i don't know geo j i there's probably some weird way to say it that I'm not picking up on. Um, but that one's really cool too. It's also more indica dominant for me. Uh, I got it because I really thought maybe it had more of a headband pop. But the fact that it doesn't is fine. And um, the crumble is going to be a higher temp. I'm kind of a higher temp girl. I don't have the patience for low temp. God damn it. But... It's so clean burning, you know, you get that paraffin wax from the plant in there and it just, it's very satisfying the way it burns out. I also really like crumbles for traveling when I want to use my pen. It's just easier to load than any of the other stuff, any of the other stuff. So, but across the board, I'm still really impressed with Nectar. Gotta give it up. They had me singing, had me singing the other day. It was like all... Royal sugar, bana bum 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 bum. royal jelly, bana bum 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 bum. So, yeah, I think I like it. And uh, and as I finish my safety, I just want to say I don't actually have any products for you. I'm just kind of rambling, sharing some stoner stuff at this point. Um, but have you ever opened a jar of OG, and it smelled like Captain Crunch? Because, oh my God, that happened to me the other day. I have this Gorilla OG I discussed about before, and I opened it up, and it was this, like, sweet but earthy just slightly. And I was like, oh my God, that's just like Captain Crunch. Not Berry Crunch, not Peanut Butter Crunch, Captain Crunch. I'm not a Captain Crunch girl. It always it broke up my mouth. I gave, it a, I gave it a good, solid couple of years try, but in the end, Captain and I had to break up. And on that note, I'm going to end it, guys. Thanks for spliffing it with me. Ciao for now.